Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tony Katz. It's Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnett Cast here on 93 WIBC. I'm Tony Kinnett. It was a very rough weekend for a lot of the Democrats. We'll be talking about that later. Uh, there are a lot of weird micro situations going on around the country, but some of the biggest news from today, at least to start in our quick news roundup, are the two shootings that have occurred both Sunday and today. One in Lakewood. Uh, that is Joel Osteen's megachurch down in Texas. Um, a shooter uh, walked into the church uh, with her son, and they opened fire. And there were two off-duty police officers, or two off-duty law enforcement officials, I should say. One uh, police officer and one who works for a Texas agency uh, took down the shooter pretty quickly. Um, the The son of the lady is currently in the hospital, we believe. And the shooter herself um, gave a male name and male pronouns to police officers. And uh, there is evidence that suggests that the individual is trans. Now, there are conflicting stories at the moment as to whether the shooter was genuinely trans or not, which kind of puts a little bit of a problem in the situation. So for the last couple of years, we have been reliably assured that all a person has to do to be trans, all you got to do is just say you're, you're trans. I, I identify as a man. I identify as a woman. I identify as a non-binary squid from Archelon B. I mean, that's that's really all it takes anymore. And uh, so there was a lot of chaos surrounding the situation because um, this would be yet another transgender very weird left-wing shooter that's gone after Christians. Again, I think of the uh, transgender shooter that went and uh, killed six in the Covenant Christian School in Nashville. Now we have someone going after uh, people in Joel Osteen's church. Now, again, there was a lot of conflicting information about this. So a lot of news agencies are saying, well, the motive's not really clear at this point. I mean, sure, the person may, you know, be kind of trans and that's that's weird, but, uh, you know, there's really no motive. Oh, that's right. The shooter had a free Palestine sticker on their AR-15. So, hmm... Let's see if we can figure this out. What group around the country really, really hates people in churches? Let's see. Transgender and supports Palestine. Oh, my gosh. It's the people who all the time on social media are claiming that white Christian nationalists are doing a genocide in the United States by banning books, even though they're not banning books, and anti-LGBTQ laws, laws that just say that you're not allowed to talk about anal sex in K-3 through classrooms, and a lot of other really terrible stuff. It turns out, guys, that a couple of years ago, when I told you, and many other in the education reform movement told you that telling children, day after day after day, that they face an existential threat 
an existential threat, an immediate danger from white Christian supremacy, nationalism, or, or whatever the term is this. I mean, the change, the term changes every day, but it's always like straight white people who are Christians who are like super bad and evil all the time. When you tell children that there are Nazis at the doorstep and that they are going to genocide you, people with mental instabilities tend to act. And so I am looking forward to seeing a full report. I mean, of course, Nashville police didn't actually release the information about the transgender shooter or the manifesto. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it as sure the same as you are, because uh, if so, this is yet another case in which people with mental instability are letting just everything fly and we're all around the country. Apparently, this person was known to local police in the FBI because, of course, they were. Uh, so an absolute mess in that situation. However, you guys can rest assured the Houston police, uh, well, see for yourselves. So she has utilized both male and female names, but through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports, she has been identified this entire time as female, she, her, and so uh, we are identifying her as Genesee Moreno, Hispanic female. So uh, I, I'm, I'm sure glad that amidst all of the investigation, we took several hours to investigate the shooter's pronouns. Uh, as you could see, Officer Tubbs up there uh, riding swivel chair parade there to tell us that they've spent hours investigating um, which pronouns the shooter preferred. Because, you know, that's really the greatest concern at the present time. Thank God for the off-duty officers uh, who were at church ready to um, step up and secure the situation. Uh, the same reason that I'm thankful that at my church and many churches around the Midwest, around the country, that there are individuals that are willing to put themselves between those who would do harm to those inside the church um, and those who are simply in church trying to worship Christ. And we're going to talk a little bit about the theology of worshiping Christ here at the end of the show because the Super Bowl commercials certainly had some things to say about it. Uh, second, my personal favorite from today uh, the mayor of Chicago has violated the Civil Rights Act. Well, don't take my word for it. Here is Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago. The $17 million investment uh, for these 18 black and brown small businesses is really the, um, it really captures what I call the soul of Chicago. It's who we are. So uh, that's um, Mayor Brandon Johnson making sure that uh, millions of dollars go to people with only certain skin colors. Um, and this is a, a program and a project that was meant to feed um, illegal migrants and individuals in Chicago, which I, I'm all for, you know, incorporating a little bit of city funding to kind of clean up the mess that you made. Uh, it's certainly better than a lot of the things that Chicago is funding. Uh, I will point out that there's nothing that makes a business special because of who owns it. I'm sorry, but just because your business is black doesn't mean you're special. Just because you're white doesn't mean your business is special. Just because you're Hispanic or Pacific Islander or Asian or Martian does not mean that your business is special at all. I The only thing that I notice when I go into a business that sells food is the menu. Um, the cleanliness of the store, also kind of one of those things that I prefer. And also, oh yeah, if the food is good. I'm sorry, I, I just don't really think that there should be a color chart next to the restaurant or we kind of did that in the 60s um didn't really work out too well just as a fun little reminder for people you know walking down the civil rights pathway finally and this is <laughs> this is just uh this is just special so um 
Congress has notified, the Oversight Committee has notified the Department of Justice that uh, good old President Biden and uh, the special counsel, that would be Robert Hur, need to cough up the transcripts from Biden's interview. Uh, you know, the interview in which President Biden could not remember if in 2009 he was the vice president of the United States or not, or within a, a period of several years, if or when his son, Bo, died. Uh, you know, the son, Bo, that he mentions every single time that he's talking to a Gold Star family member. Uh, that is... Honestly, some some pretty great news. I'm interested to see how the Democrats try to keep the information of this transcript out of the uh, Congressional Oversight Committee because, and I mean this in all seriousness, and we're going to take a look at this here in just a moment, the Democrats are losing their ever-loving mind because Biden had a, a really enough of an uphill battle heading into the November elections in 2024 because uh, he's at a 37% approval rating before Robert Hur's findings came out. Things are not getting better. And that's what we're going to talk about up next. Things are not good for the Democrats in 24, and uh, they're not really being nice to each other about it either. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Tony Kennecast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Progressives are in a state of panic. In fact, they're in every single state of panic. And uh, all you really have to do is just go to the various uh, news opinion editorial pages of many leftist newspapers like the New York Times, Washington Post, the L.A. Times. And the reason that they are having an absolute conniption is that it was bad enough that Robert Hur's official uh, report on his investigation into President Biden's handling of uh, classified documents uh, was bad enough that Robert Hur said he believed Biden willfully held and uh, retained classified documents. It was even worse when Robert Hur said that they would not suggest or recommend prosecution for President Biden because the jury would see him as a senile old man with a poor memory. Uh, It was not, it still was not bad, but, you know, you can kind of ignore it, look past it. When Biden said he couldn't remember that when he was vice president, couldn't remember when his son died within a scope of several years. But then President Biden decided we need to call a press conference and I'm going to speak to the entire country. And by the way, we're receiving words from all of those anonymous sources the New York Times loves to cite inside the administration that people lost their ever loving minds over it uh, because President Biden speaking not on script in front of the country late at night, which, by the way, is when people with dementia are not supposed to be speaking. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't going to be good. And it was terrible. Biden lashed out at reporters, mixed up the countries of Mexico and Egypt. Uh, our last episode, actually, Kurt Schlichter and I went through it frame by frame. And oh, boy, it was bad. At a time when Democrats are already struggling heading into the November elections in this presidential cycle because uh, Biden's at a 37 percent approval rating. There's a major border crisis that Republicans are not getting the blame shifted onto, and uh, it's just really not looking good. 
And the Democrats genuinely do not know how to address this. And the reason they don't know how to address it is because so many of their pundits and their columnists and their newspaper organizations as a whole spent the last several years, every time that that Trump uh, misspelled a word, every time that Trump had to say a word twice, every time that Trump made a, a minor, minor verbal blurb, they said, oh, this is clearly evidence that Trump has dementia. Every time that Trump got mad, they said, this is evidence of Alzheimer's. Alzheimer patients get mad. And now all of a sudden, uh, Biden shows very clear evidence of not just beginning dementia, but very advanced dementia, like could die at any day dementia. And the press uh, doesn't know what to do because they spent the last couple of years saying that, that they didn't need a doctor. They didn't need any kind of exam. In fact, it doesn't matter that Trump had passed the cognitive exam. See, that that's that's silly. Trump clearly had all these issues. And now, well, hmm, I've got an article coming out soon at the Daily Signal. In uh, which you can kind of take a look at how things change after just a few years. New York Times published an op-ed in 2019 called Trump is mentally unfit, no exam needed. But following Biden's debacle, it published a scathing article criticizing anyone who would cast accusations of dementia without close medical assessment. And that article, of course, is called Memory Loss Requires Careful Diagnosis, Scientists Say. Uh, by the way, that uh, that previous article in 2019 yeah, that was written by uh, three Harvard grads um, or two Harvard grads and one UNC Chapel Hill grad. So love the standard shift. Pundits are no better. Um, you got Joe Hagan over at Vanity Fair saying that Robert F. Kennedy doesn't know how to talk to press because he he bit back at a comment. But then when Biden gets up and yells at members of the press and, you know, says I should have never let you talk and things like that. Well, that's actually, you know. Biden's just being sharp and appropriately combative with people who ask dumb questions. The White House is in a worse state. I mean, even worse than the progressives who don't even know what to do. They don't even know how to unify something that we often like to joke about or bemoan in the Republican Party is that Democrats always seem to be on the same page. They always know what they're doing. They always have the exact same lines. They always stand next to each other. And that's something Republicans have never been able to do. <laughs> but now things are a little rough because some people don't know whether to call Republicans ableist for or ageist or whatever kind of ist for talking about Biden's age. Some Democrats want Biden to step down. And then you realize that equity hire giggles is next in line. They've already passed the filing deadline for a different president in the DNC. Everyone warned, hey, you want to have a traditional primary process for Biden? No, we'll throw all of our chips behind him. The White House staff is having even a worse time than all of the aforementioned nonsense. Ian Sams, the White House spokesman for oversight and investigation, he just said that the descriptions of Biden's memory are wrong and just lying. It's gross. It's a, it's a political attack. Whereas Ben LeBolt, the White House communications director, said that Biden couldn't remember anything in his interview because, quote, the interview began the day after the October 7th attacks on Israel. You, you would think that if there's any day that the, the president should have all of his mental faculties, it would be during an international crisis with war looming. So that's great. And then Karine Jean-Pierre is just, um, well, bless her heart. Take a listen yourself. What do you think about the idea of taking that kind of a test? I mean, look, uh, and I talked about this last week too on, on I believe, whenever, on Friday. Uh, I have known this president since 2009. Uh, I, he is not just uh, my, my boss. Uh, you know, he's also some, a mentor to me. Oh. And I spent 
sometimes countless hours with him, whether oh. it's in the Oval Office, uh, whether it's on the road. And I believe, for me, you're asking me my personal opinion, uh, he is sharp. Uh, he is on top of things. He's sharp and on top of things. Uh, by the way, President Biden um, did a, a joint press, not a press conference because he's not taking questions again for a long time. But President Biden uh, spoke with the, the King of Jordan today at like a news conference, a, a briefing, so to speak. And uh, at one point, Biden literally said, <laughs> what do I do? Where do I go? Because he had no idea. Oh, the Democrats are so screwed and they know it. And it's great because Trump had a really rough rally over the weekend where Trump said some stupid things. Uh, and I don't mean that the core of what Trump might have been trying to get to. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows what's going on inside Trump's head. But Trump, Trump said some weird things. One of the things that Trump said that was weird was that NATO needed to start paying their fair share. And if they didn't, Trump wouldn't really do anything if Russia started to threaten them. Now, the core of Trump's point might have been, might have been, that uh, NATO countries need to pay their fair share. We shouldn't be the only country footing the NATO bill as we currently are, honestly, in, in a mostly standpoint. The United States foots the vast majority of the NATO defense bill. Uh, probably not a great idea to suggest that that Russia is is looming, you know, if they don't pay their fair share. But none of that matters. And it kills progressives that none of that matters because voters in the country right now are like, yeah, well, Trump says crazy stuff and then he gets into office and the people that end up making the actual decisions, um, they end up leaving the economy pretty good. I got money in my pocket and food on the table. And then when Biden's in office, um, he can't speak. And uh, also our, our troops get killed. We're in a lot of wars and, and conflicts and um, prices at the supermarket are very expensive because of, you know, the several, I think it was over five, six trillion dollars worth of inflation since COVID. And Trump is responsible for a little bit of that inflation. But I will remind everyone there's also this lovely border crisis we're dealing with. So Democrats genuinely cannot shake this mess. And it is it, it, it's riling them beyond all belief. Because Trump can now get up at a rally and say some smart stuff, stupid stuff, crazy stuff, whatever, and it doesn't matter. Because Biden is the president of the United States. And just like in 2020, when it was flipped, and that Biden could kind of say whatever he wanted, but his official campaign would just come out and say that he's good for the country and it's good to be back, and the election was a referendum on Trump, now the referendum's on Joe Biden. The guy with the 37% approval rating that is currently in action. By the way, they haven't taken any... Or at least I should say, there are not yet any polls released since the uh, disastrous Biden presser. I cannot wait to see what those are because, oh, good heavens, help us. It is going to be an incredible election year because not only do we have the presidential election, we have the congressional election. And this entire mess has caused Democrats endless heartburn. It will take far more Pepto-Bismol than there is in the world to solve in order to get congressional elections looking remotely good or Democrats. Up next, we're going to be talking to Zach Smith from the Heritage Foundation because uh, Indiana election law is getting a little more strict. And I got to be honest with you guys, I was a little bit surprised at just what people are complaining about. Stick around. You're listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 
So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnick cast on 93 WIBC. There's a lot going on in this Category 5 hurricane of a dumpster fire right now around the country. But in local news, there's a bill in the Indiana legislature which could prove especially crucial. So when it comes to the fine parts of bills, especially looking at things concerning election integrity, we go to Zach Smith, legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation and also co-host of SCOTUS 101. Zach, how's it going? I'm doing okay, Tony. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about House Bill 1264. I've seen some coverage about it, but again, it's kind of being overshadowed by the the swamp of national news. Yeah, just a few things going on at the national level these days to uh, distract everyone. Uh, but look, this is a bill that the Indiana uh, State House put forward. Uh, it's actually passed the House and is pending in the Senate right now. Uh, that would implement in India several common sense election integrity measures. And, you know, obviously uh, at Heritage, we do policy, not politics. And, you know, having safe, secure elections really should not be a partisan issue. But unfortunately, many people view it as one. And so some of the issues that many states, including Indiana, are having right now is they're not maintaining accurate and up-to-date voter rolls. Uh, the current Secretary of State has made great strides trying to do that, but giving him additional tools and resources uh, that HB 1264 would propose to do would be very helpful. Also, making sure that people who vote in our elections are actually citizens uh, seems like it should be a fairly non-controversial position. And again, HB 1264 would provide Indian officials with additional tools to make sure that only citizens are casting votes. So it sounds like in this kind of a situation, this bill is updating election laws in the state just to kind of bring them into the the 21st century, because you hear election integrity laws and things like this, and it conjures up a lot of different images in people's minds. Look, laws get old. They do. I I, I hate to to share this with some people, but a lot of policy regulations uh, do tend to age over time. And it again, I don't think uh, so many decades ago or a century ago, we were really concerned as if the same person was living in the same place year after year. As far as voter registration is concerned, it's time to update some of these things and make sure that, especially given the tumultuous time in our country, election laws are secure from the top to the bottom. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And it's not only updating the laws, it's implementing best practices. For instance, one of the things uh, that HB 1264 would do and that we've widely supported in many states at Heritage is using certain databases uh, to check you know, the voter registration rules against to make sure that information is up to date and accurate. And so giving state officials in Indiana and other states the authority and the resources needed to access those databases is a good thing. I'll give you another common sense uh, fix that is being put in Indiana. And it makes sense when you think about it. When people are called for jury service, uh, they have to swear under oath that they are a citizen. And if they're not a citizen, uh, then they don't get to serve on a jury. And so we are asking Indiana uh, to essentially require as part of their cooperation with federal courts and state courts around the the state of Indiana, uh, that those courts provide information to the Secretary of State's office when someone's disqualified from jury service because they're not a citizen. And then that name can be checked against the voter rolls. And so it's just these common sense type of tweaks uh, that so many states need to adopt. And that, again, frankly, shouldn't be controversial. 
Absolutely. On with Zach Smith, legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation and co-host of SCOTUS 101. Now, obviously, whenever there's a bill that's that's put forward by Republicans, there's usually a little bit of pushback that goes along with it. Uh, again, due to the, catafo- the Category 5 hurricane of a dumpster fire in the national news, I haven't necessarily seen it. Has there been any considerable pushback against House Bill 1264? Well, you know, I was privileged enough to get to go and actually testify in favor of some of these proposals at the NDA House. And there was opposition there, uh, mostly from left-leaning groups. Uh, several of the Democrats on the committee were obviously, you know, sounded like they were actually on talking points. At some Hold of on these a second. Wait, did you get questioned by any of the committee members in the Indiana House? Uh, by and large, they stayed away. Uh, you know, I was uh, prepared written testimony. So I think, sure. uh, you know, they understood where I was coming from and, you know, had the novel approach of actually having facts and data to back up my statements uh, that I was giving to them. Uh, but look, you know, what's interesting to me, Tony, is often one of the common pushbacks you hear against these, you know, common sense measures is that there's somehow, you know, veiled racist attempts to su- uh, suppress minority votes, uh, that somehow they'll cause voters turnout to go down. And that's just not true. If you look at other states like Georgia and Florida, for instance, that have passed common sense voter integrity measures, measures to keep their elections safe and secure, mm-hmm. actually uh, turnout in those states went up after really? these measures were passed. They did in Georgia, particularly uh, after Georgia overhauled, uh, you know, it's uh, election code in the wake of the disastrous 2020 election there, uh, turnout actually went up. In Florida, uh, there was just a study recently released that, you know, many of the measures Florida put in place did not, in fact, depress minority voter turnout in the midterm elections. And so there's good information out there to push back against these common narratives uh, that just unfortunately are, are not true. Now, look, we're on with uh, Zach Smith, from a legal fellow from the Heritage Foundation and SCOTUS 101. This is one of the what you said is really one of the things that makes me chuckle because it's when I talk to some of my colleagues that are on the other side of the aisle um, that make kind of arguments against certain pieces of legislation. The most common one I get is this is just unnecessary. This is just posturing. This is just pandering. But to actually get the oh, it's a it's a veiled attempt at at racism uh, from from groups you said leftist groups and I can probably assume right. what some of those leftist groups are and they, they they're four letters and you can arrange them any way I'll I'll, I'll choose the arrangement ACLU uh, but let's just pretend that that group is going after and they say well it goes against civil liberties of individuals of other colors to pass voting laws like this I'm looking at the voter text right now I'm not seeing anything that mentions the color of an individual. At least uh, you've read the bill probably more than I have. I'm, I'm still scanning it. Right. Uh, all I'm seeing is that you have to, again, specify proof of residency and state whether or not you're a citizen under under oath. Um, are are there a lot of like uh, black citizens in the inner city that, that don't have like a proof of, of residence? Is that a thing? I've never no. heard of that before no. now. No. And, you know, and then the- there's there's not black residents in the city because, again, the, the groups that have complained about this i've seen they say it's it's an as a measure against black people are there black individuals that that aren't citizens that are that are in our historic black communities no and look you know many of these are actually very racist assumptions themselves tony because essentially what many on the left are saying is that black and other minority voters are somehow incapable of or unwilling to comply with the basic laws uh, that everyone else uh, complies with on a day-to-day 
Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, the other thing I would say in terms of, you know, kind of the, the narrative that these laws are unnecessary, I encourage everyone, go look at my testimony. It's up on heritage.org now. And I give specific examples. You know, after Indiana passed its voter ID law in the mid 2000s, uh, tightened its laws, uh, there's a study done. And they actually found that Indiana's voter registration rules before this law was implemented were inflated by as much as 41.4% with invalid registrations. Uh, There's also a number of entries on Heritage's uh, voter fraud database, uh, which isn't comprehensive, but we collect proven instances where voter fraud has taken place in different states because you so often hear, you know, that just isn't happening. Well, it's not true. There are over 1,500 entries in that database, and many of those uh, are in Indiana as well. And so there is a need for these types of laws. And again, you know, this shouldn't be a partisan issue, Tony. Everyone should want to have safe, secure elections. And that's the catch. I thought that I would we'd be bringing you on and you would go over the why it's necessary points, which is what I think is the most useful. This is your area of expertise. If there's anyone that's going to detail why a law regarding election integrity is essential for the people in the state, it's you. But I'm sorry. I just you you can tell you caught me off guard. I really wasn't (laughs) expecting the. Well, it's it's racist. I, I'm I'm shocked by that. I, I really right. am because it just seems like the least effective argument to make because of how insulting it is. It really it really takes me back. No, and it should, and I think it's right. And when people stop and actually understand the implications of these arguments, and actually understand uh, what the data shows in terms of what these measures are actually doing, and what the real world impact has been, where these measures have been implemented, I think you see voters, you know, of many races, of many socioeconomic statuses, of many different backgrounds, applauding these measures and saying, "Yes, they're good." And I want to be clear again. You know, I keep saying it, Tony, but we do. Pop- policy at Heritage. We don't do politics, despite what some in the media would have you believe. Uh, This should be a bipartisan issue, because while I may disagree with many on the left about many, many important policy issues, at the end of the day, we should all want to have safe, secure, fair elections where we know that only eligible voters are casting ballots. Absolutely. Zach Smith, fellow at the Heritage Foundation, as well as the co-host of SCOTUS 101. Thanks for hopping on, man. Of course, thanks for having me on. You are listening to the Tony Kinnickcast on 93 WIBC. Tony Katz. I don't know. I haven't been to Applebee's in forever. I'm assuming they've got mozzarella sticks and potato skins. Poppers, man. Oh, is that the jalapeno popper? Yeah, the jalapeno popper, yeah. Fried with the cream cheese and the... Mm. I didn't know you were a popper guy, man. That's I, I used to be. It's a delicacy, you know, if you do them right. Is there a delicacy in in, uh, in Richmond, Virginia, in Richmond, uh, Indiana? <laughs> if I could remember that you lived in Indiana, <laughs> not Virginia, that would have been a much better joke. Tony Katz, morning 6 to 9 on 93 WIPC at WIPC.com. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Got cabin fever? We've got the cure. The Ford 69th Annual Indianapolis Boat, Sport, and Travel Show, February 16th through 18th and 21st through 25th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. Over 750,000 square feet of the latest boats, RVs, power sports, motorcycles, Tackle Town USA, travel destinations from across North America, and much more. Save money and buy tickets online at IndySportsShow.com. And don't miss the 26th Annual Indiana Deer, Turkey, and 
Waterfowl Expo during the final three days of the sports show, February 23rd through 25th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. It's the largest hunting expo in the Midwest, displaying the latest hunting, archery, and waterfowl gear. Hunting outfitters from around the globe. Learn from the pros at the hunting seminar series. Get your deer scored and see the Hoosier Record Book Hall of Fame. One ticket gets you into both shows. For details and to save on tickets, visit IndieSportsShow.com. Another Renfro production. If you're sick and tired of the aches and pains in your joints and you dread the idea of surgery, you need to call QC Kinetics today. Tony Katz here. The state of healthcare is always changing. Old ideas like steroids and surgery are no longer your only options. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics is transforming lives with innovative, non-surgical, drug-free treatments that deliver lasting results. So if you have pain in your knee, your back, your shoulder, right? It's from arthritis or an injury. You got the injury at work. You got the injury playing pickleball. You don't have to let this pain keep you from living your best life. QC Kinetics, the revolutionary approach that can get you long-term relief with no downtime. That's right, no downtime from work, no downtime from your family, no drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics today to get your free consultation. You can even visit on Saturdays. Make 2024 the year you reclaim your mobility. QC Kinetics is in Eagle Creek, Greenwood, and Carmel. Call 317-559-PAIN. 317-559-PAIN. QC Kinetics, 317-559-PAIN. Hey, Pat Sullivan here. Have you been dreaming of kitchen updates since the new year began? My friends at Hope Plumbing want to make those dreams a reality. Update your kitchen sink and Hope will give you a free kitchen faucet up to a $200 value. And if your remodeled dreams are even bigger than a kitchen sink, Hope can assist in all your plumbing needs. Call and schedule an appointment today at 317-641-HOPE or visit them online at hopeplumbing.com. Guys, it's a new year. Low T Center can make it a great one if you've been feeling tired and grumpy. I've noticed a lack of motivation and drive. You may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. At the Low T Center, they make it quick and easy to get your levels checked and... It's only 25 bucks, And with their on-site lab, you're going to get results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com right now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Housing discrimination because of race, color, or national origin is against the law. If you believe you've experienced housing discrimination, contact HUD at HUD.gov slash fairhousing. To protect his family from disaster, Steve used his camera phone. Done. By taking pictures of his important documents, Steve can always have them stored online. Learn more simple disaster prep tips at ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnacast here on 93 WIBC. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of, of a secret. And the secret is uh, I did not glue myself to the screen and, and watch the, the Super Bowl as, as much as many did uh, yesterday evening. Um, for one, I have two very young kids. Um, and number two, I'm really not interested in either of the teams. Um, that said, I did end up watching some of uh, the highlights um, I'm Mahomes, just an incredibly gifted quarterback, and it's, it's really fun to watch uh, what he can do with also an offensive line that blocks the Indianapolis Colts take note. Uh, but there is something that I wanted to discuss. First of all, 
a lot of the commercials were just commercials this year, which excellent, excellent stuff. I am not the first pundit to point that out. I will not be the last. It's nice to see a lot of commercials that are just like commercials. Um, that's always fun. There is one commercial that I got a couple of messages about, and um, I deferred talking about it until I'd actually watched the commercial itself. And it's a commercial by this group called He Gets Us, which I guess is somehow tied to Hobby Lobby. And it's this <clears throat> Christian uh, group that spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on the Super Bowl ad. And I'm not going to play the commercial for you because it's, it's just like an AI generated slideshow um, with some weird music over it. But I do have the slides for you and I, I do want to show you those at least those of you who are on the the live stream kind of well you have some interesting photos here and you have a uh, for this in this case it's a, a police officer that is washing someone's feet um in this next one you have a, a, a lady who seems to be cleaning what looks like like maybe a migrant's feet um you have um, a suburban couple that is cleaning the feet of, of someone wearing a, a head covering. So um, that's that's the someone cleaning, the, I guess, a Muslim's feet. Um, and then you have a preacher, I guess, by the, the collared, like some kind of a Catholic-y situation. And he's washing a rollerblader's feet. Um, if that's like a, like a jaded gay reference, that's really like weird. I, I don't know about that one, Chief. Um, and then the one that got a lot of people really aggravated, um, this is someone who is washing the feet of someone outside of an abortion clinic. And the message that they portrayed is that Jesus didn't preach hate. He didn't, he didn't preach hate, so you shouldn't preach hate, and, and that, that was the end of the commercial. And uh, this is really the state of, of progressive Christianity in this country, that what you do is you cherry-pick one half of one verse out of the Bible— uh, which is judge not lest you be judged. And then you just, you, you, you paste it everywhere. And I hear people all the time, especially through a lot of the Generation X and Boomer crowd that haven't been in a church since 1972, um, that will bend over backwards to tell you, well, the Bible says judge not lest you be judged. So what that means is that you go through life and you just show love to everybody because that, that's what Jesus was. Jesus is love. And, and sure, I don't believe in him. And in fact, I'm going to make fun of you for believing in him. But Jesus, Jesus was love. And that's it. And so that just means saying nice things to people all the time because Jesus washed feet. And so that's what you need to do. Now, first of all, I happen to have here with me what's called a Bible. And uh, it actually contains the the cool things that the Son of God did while he was on earth. Um, and in John chapter 8, that's in the New Testament, uh, Christ forgives an adulterous woman. So this is a lady who slept around and had several, several husbands. And Christ, in speaking to her, um, you know, she's kind of a, a Jesus is getting the, the 10th degree because he died for all. And so he's getting griped at by the religious Pharisees of the day, the, the kind of holier than thou's. And um, finally, Christ said, he is that without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. And uh, they all get mad and they leave Jesus alone. And the woman is standing in his midst. Again, this adulterous woman who slept with a lot of people was living with a lady. It's not her husband. And uh, it says, when Jesus had lifted himself up and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those, uh, were those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she says, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. And that's the end of the chapter. Now, 
it's important to know a little bit about what Christ was trying to accomplish here because according to that commercial, you're just really supposed to wash everybody's feet and just be good. And yeah, sure, there might be someone outside an abortion clinic and killing a child or you know, there might be a situation in, in which someone is living in a lifestyle that, that's not appropriate or they're, they're doing something that is very directly and openly a sin or something the Bible speaks out against. That does not mean that you go along with it. That, that's that's not what scripture does. I also will, will point out that in scripture, um, when there is sin going on, Christ like turned over tables and and told Satan to get away from him and, and the spirit of the devil. Christ does not abide sin. And this kind of like faux pseudo hippie love Christianity, which by the way isn't love, like just telling everyone you love them all the time is is not actually love at all. If my kids make a mistake and they do something wrong or they do something dangerous, let's say that uh, my daughter it was sticking her fingers in the fan, which she tried to do this this weekend. We have a box fan. She tries to stick her fingers in it. And every time she gets near that fan, I just say, oh, I love you so much. You're just such a wonderful daughter. You're so great. And I don't warn her about the fan or when she's playing with the fan, I don't tell her to stop playing with the fan. She's going to get hurt. And I, I'm afraid to tell you people that um, that is an essential part of love. And that is why Christ said, go and sin no more. Christ was here to save people from sin, not to tell them they were doing a really good job and then just kind of pat their butts as they walked straight into hell. And by the way, I will point out that this entire commercial from He Gets Us or whatever is incredibly disingenuous because it was always one political ideology that was always washing the feet of the other. It was always either the police or, or the, the suburban white person that was washing the feet. You didn't see like a liberal that was like washing the feet of someone in a MAGA hat or uh, a BLM protester that was washing the feet of a cop, as my friend Joel Berry from the Babylon Bee uh, pointed out quite succinctly. And there's a reason. This hippie left version of Jesus where it actually, you're a really mean person for judging. And if you just accepted all of the things that people are doing, even though the Bible directly says not to do those things, see, actually, it's your fault because you're not supposed to judge. Even though, again, the latter portions of the New Testament tell us to judge both ourselves, our community, and society, not as though we're better than others, but because we recognize that man has fallen short of the glory of God, that's sin, and therefore there's a need for Christ. Christ needs to redeem you, and you can't just be redeemed by giving Jesus a hug. That's not redemption. And an act of service is important. When I was in college, we had an activity in which we did wash each other's feet. And it was gross and weird, but it was to showcase the importance of Christ washing the disciples' feet and being willing to serve any person. And this is why I am very, very for churches accepting absolutely anybody who walks in. But that does not mean condoning the behavior of people that are doing things that are wrong. In the same way, the things that I do that are wrong, I don't get a pass because I'm a Christian or because I wear a nice shirt. The things that I do are wrong or wrong. Whether I'm a member of a church, not a member of a church, it, it does not matter. Sin is sin. And fluffing it is not a good thing. Me waving politely and smiling at you as your soul marches hippity-hoppity-happity all the way to the lake of fire does not do you any favors. And this idea of we don't want to judge people because, see, then then people will think that Christ says, yes, Christ is the judge. He is the eternal judge. And so as far as theology is concerned, um, no, the, the lecture of that Christ was actually just this really kind, lovable hippie that just gave everybody hugs, that's not the truth. Thank you very much for hopping on with us this evening. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure to check out the podcast as well. This has been the Tony Kennecast on 93 WIBC.